Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, welcome to this Ibrox, your women's podcast for our update for the month of November. My name is Scott Patterson. If you're joining us, as always, via our audio platforms, we're really grateful to have you. Don't forget to follow us right across our social media channels elsewhere, Twitter, YouTube, subscribe to what we're doing on YouTube, lots of good stuff there. And we're also available on the obvious ones, Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, threads, all that sort of stuff as well. Um, lots to speak about because I'm very aware it's been a wee while since Claire Game Live had last had the opportunity to to speak. Um, Claire, welcome to the pod. How are you doing? I'm good, Scott. Thanks again for having me back. I'm glad to be here. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. It's been a busy wee time for both of us. So um, it's good to get back and talk about what's happened maybe more recently in the recent past in November. So on the on the podcast for the month of November, we're going to talk about the depth of the squad as we get players like Megan Bell, Lizzie Armit back to an element of full fitness and can be involved quite confidently now by Joe Potter. And um, we'll speak about um, Rachel Rowe, who's came seemingly out of nowhere. And I know you're going to gloat a wee bit because you spoke about her previously, <laughs> so you're going to do that rightly so. Um, and we'll also speak and we'll kick off indeed um, with the win against Glasgow City earlier in November. Obviously, we went into that match, we beat them 2 nothing. We, we went 11 points clear of them in third. We now know that that's down to eight. Um, psychologically, how does that win sit with this current squad of players, do you think? I think it's massive, if I'm honest with you. Um, you know, not that they'll be saying that out with the camp, I'm sure. But obviously, if you look back to the start of the season, yeah. you know, when they drew with Glasgow City, their first meeting, um, I'd obviously watched a few games that they were they were playing in at that point and I wasn't overly convinced, to be honest, with their defence. But I don't yeah. think that was anything to do with the, the players and the pitch. I think it was just the fact, you know, you're introducing new systems, new manager. It was just a wee bit of teething problems, really, which I, I must say, you know, they've absolutely sorted that. Um, yeah. They just look solid, you know, at the back, actually right through the entire squad, from back, middle to front. It's not they're keeping goals out, they're also scoring on the other side and the goals are coming from everywhere as well. So... I think that is shown in the fact that they went went into the Glasgow City game and won it 2-0. And yeah, I know there was a wee bit of controversy over the, the handball and all that and whether it should or, should or shouldn't have been a penalty. But regardless of that, you know, it was given and it was scored. You still need to step up and score the goal. And then they've got the, the goal in the kind of dying minutes of the game. But if I'm honest, I think they were massively in control of that game. 
I don't think Glasgow City, as much as they had a, a good side, I don't think they really looked like threatening them. You know, that I think Rangers were very much in control. And I think that's something that will probably please them more, is that they're actually controlling the, the speed of the game, the direction of the play. Um, so I think certainly from Joe Potter's point of view, that will be where she's most pleased. But obviously the three points is massive. And yeah, it is really massive. It's funny you talk about maybe the the two goals. Obviously, one was right at the stroke of half time, and the other one's at the death of the game when Glasgow City are effectively pushing to try and try and get a draw at that point. Um, you've played the game, so that losing goals at that point in the game, I would imagine, completely changes the dynamic, particularly the first one. Obviously, you're going at half time, nothing each. The the general narrative, I imagine, would be still in it. Forty five minutes to go, go out and have a bash, but losing the goal in the fashion it was completely changes the team talk for both dressing rooms at that point, doesn't it? It does. It's it's also like losing an early goal, you know, right at the start of a half. You, you don't want to do that either because it, it definitely throws you effectively. But yeah, losing it so close to half time for Glasgow City would have completely changed their team talk. And it, it does, I mean, whatever you say as a player, it does affect your mentality. Um, and it would have changed the things for, for Rangers as well because then they've got the goal cushion. They don't maybe need to overcommit as much, which I suppose, to be honest, it's just their style. You know, whether they're 1-0 up, 3-0 up, they're still going to come out at players and, and possess the ball. That's what they like to do. But it, it would have been difficult for Glasgow City at that point. But it's the thing is, it's only 1-0. So yeah. it's not as if they're completely out the game either. So although it does slightly change your team talk, it doesn't massively change your team talk. But it's more about how you deal with that psychologically. Because if you're playing... So well, you're keeping yourself in the game for a for a almost forty five minute period. Then you lose that goal. It is. It's just a wee bit of kick in the teeth, um, and it's frustration. So it's can you push that to the side and then come out and then continue on with the game plan that you've had? Because I really don't think it would have changed overly much for Glasgow City. And then, as you said, Rangers have scored right at the death of the second half as well, which has just sealed the game off. And it's been three points from that point. They're never coming back. And one thing we sort of became used to discussing in the podcast, and you know, you and I have done this for a, a couple of seasons now. We spoke about the importance of Kirsty Howitt. She's a really, really good season this year. And um, Scotland call-ups entirely deserve. I think she's not far off twenty goals already when we record. I, I don't think she's far off of that indeed. But it was real Hardy on the course who was at the double and um, brave enough to step up and take that pen as well. Um, She's really impressed me since she came up in the summer. It's not easy to, to sort of come up from maybe an area that you're used to down south and you come up and the family, I, I, I don't want to sound daft about it, but it does, they've embraced her and they've got her involved and she seems to have really settled in well in the group. She has. Uh, I, when I'd first seen her, I was really impressed with her. I liked the way she plays. She can come and link, she can go in behind. You know, she has scoring goals for fun as well alongside Kirsty Howitt. You know, and the fact that you've got effectively a 10 and a 9 playing like that you know or two nines whatever it depends however they, they decide to, to play because they sometimes change information as, as games are going on or depending who they're playing but just the fact you've got two folk up there that are putting the ball into the net for fun it just gives so much confidence to the rest of the team but I have been really impressed with Rio Hardy and I think as the weeks have went on she's she's just gaining more and more confidence and in such a big game as you say having the ability and the confidence to take the ball at such a key moment in the game and put it down in the spot and yeah. convert against a very very good goalkeeper and that's Aye. something else you need to remember she's probably the best goalkeeper in the league so 
it, it does it shows a lot of character, I think, and it just shows how much confidence she's playing with. And if you're playing with well, two strikers that are playing with that much confidence, it's going to be difficult for any team to, to play against you. Yeah. From Joe Potter's perspective, obviously by by us sorry, taking the three points that afternoon, it meant that we went through everyone in the league unbeaten and in, indeed had had beaten everyone, I think, if memory serves me right. Um with obviously lots of games to come, we know we've got an old firm that'll that'll be sort of hard on the rear end of us recording here. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they continue to to build up the momentum because we know, as we recalled here, the, some of the girls are away on on international break. I just wonder if the break for Joe Potter comes at a good time because you know she's went through the league, she's beaten everyone, they're sitting pretty at the top of the league, um, clear. They're not there on goal difference or anything like that. are sitting in a really good position just now. Um, I just wonder how the international break maybe affects the momentum that they've done so well to, to sort of build up and gather just now. It sometimes can. It sometimes can be both a bad and a good thing. Um, you know, when, when you're in a, a winning kind of streak like that, sometimes you want to just keep it going. But it's also sometimes good to have a wee step away and a break effectively. It lets you kind of regroup and still fix maybe things that, you don't find they're quite right and it just gives you a wee bit more time on the training pitch. Yeah, I know you'll focus away international duty, but it still gives you a lot of time to, to correct these small maybe wrongs. So I don't think it'll have too much effect on the squad, to be honest with you. And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but they've got two games left in the league coming up to the break. Yeah. The winter and it's probably games that they will be more than favourite to win them, you know, just given where their position in the league and Motherwell and then Hamilton, their last game before the break. So, yeah, I know they've got the cup game and whatever else, but in terms of the league, I think, yeah, she'll feel as if she's in a very strong position. And I don't think this international break will have any neg- negative effect in them getting into Motherwell on the 10th, if I'm honest. Do you think that, and I'm going to put you in a probably unfair position here, you'll be really chuffed about that. Um, <laughs> do you think Glasgow City are still a... Uh, I think everyone largely expects that it's going to be between ourselves, Celtic and Glasgow City, that are, are going to win the league, are certainly going to be the strongest three candidates for the league over the course of the season. Yeah. Um, taking into account now, as we as, as we record this, there's a there's a gap between eight points between ourselves at top and Glasgow City in third. Um, if we continue the momentum that we're speaking about and that continues to, to sort of build and Rio and Kirsty continue the, the fashion of, of form that they're in and mm. the goals continue to come in from, from elsewhere. Um, can Glasgow City catch us in, in first as things stand just now, do you think? Right, and this is a really difficult one because... You're welcome. I know, but there has <laughs> been a pullback of this kind of magnitude and, and points difference before. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that you can write Glasgow City out of this title race for that uh-huh. reason. You know, they're a very capable side and they're still a long way to go. And in terms of each team could still bring players in in January. So you don't know how that recruitment would affect of course. either either team in the top three. And then you're counting on keeping your players on form and fit. Yeah. And that's the thing. And then another aspect to that is you've still got the split to come where you're playing all the top six sides. So I just think at the moment to say that they're out of the title race is a bit naive, if I'm honest with you. So I don't yeah. think you can actually say that. But what I would commit to is it's going to be very difficult for them to pull eight points back, particularly how good Rangers have been, you know, as they see, they're just getting better and better as the season's going on, to be honest. 
and also Celtic are in form. Yes. So it's not just Rangers they're trying to catch, they're trying to deal with Celtic as well, you know. But then where they might see their opportunity is Celtic and Rangers need to come up against each other. So they'll be hoping that, you know, something happens there or they get favours done for them. So really to answer your question, no, I don't think they're out it, but I think it's going to be really hard. Yeah. No, I, listen, I think you're right. Um, I, I think you're very brave to not say they're out it as well. Well done. Um, <laughs> so listen, I was, at, I, I was lucky enough to be at Broadwood at, at the weekend past um, and, and um, enjoyed the Montrose. Uh, match, I have to say, I, I I thought they were really quite good on the afternoon. Loads of things went in their favour. Um, I like the way they're lining up. I actually thought that I expected more, and you kind of alluded to this previously, Claire, on formations, how it's taken them a little while to maybe bed into Joe Potter's methodologies as far as formations, tactics. And I thought they were playing pretty much five across the centre, but the woman who we're going to, have to speak about, Rachel Rowe, seems to have this um, ability or this warrant, if you like, to just roam in, in whatever fashion she likes. Um, really, really impressed with her. Um, have been so far. Was very impressed with her at the weekend. Of course, got a first goal for the club. Um, one of, I think it was half a dozen or so scorers that, that we've seen um, on Sunday past. You've spoke about Rachel Rowe before, which we know. Um, Welsh internationalist came in from Reading in the summer. Don't smile because I know you're really chuffed. <laughs> you want to right? Um is she someone that you're quite happy with what you've seen so far? Are you impressed with what she's done? I, I really am. And, you know, I am going to say that I did mention her <laughs> right at the start of the season about how good a player I thought she was. Yeah. Um, and I think that the only problem that Rangers have had is she's had a few injuries, you know, so she's not been probably as available as they would have liked, liked yeah. her to be. But I think any time she has been available and she's come into the squad, she's shown what a quality she is. And, you know, it's, it's funny you say about about the fact that she's almost given a free reign and I'm not so surprised at that just given you know she's she's got the qualities going forward she can pass she can shoot she can defend you know yeah. she really is the whole package I personally like the fact she picks the ball up and drives at players draws out defences because a lot of people want to sit in against Rangers and I think there's not really another player in the squad that can do that to, to the same kind of calibre as she can um, and yes yeah, she gets her first goal on Sunday against Montrose and you know I think it is good that there's so many goal scorers having looked at watched the game you know I think probably you could question Montrose defending at points you know a lot of the goals are quite scrappy but you still can't take away from the fact that we're in the right positions but in terms of Rachel Rowe I think the thing that I it wasn't so much her goal but see the pass for the final goal that pass was you know such a great run and stuff from Hardy but the pass was unreal she makes it look so simple but it's outside of the foot bends it around the defence you actually think Montrose looked in a not bad position at that point and she picks the ball out of the, the pass out of nothing so I think yeah particularly in these bigger games if they can keep her fit what a player she's going to be for those games for Rangers because I think she can make things happen you know one of the things I'm, I'm, I, I really liked watching her at the weekend um she plays that position that's really key for Rangers. We're seeing it with the men's team just now. If you're seeing someone that's maybe got a free role and operating between a striker or two strikers, you're so important. You're really pivotal to what happens in that 90-minute period because everyone's looking at you from behind and you need to be aware of what's happening left, right, behind you and ahead. I think the, the one thing I was really impressed with her, as, as you say, her willingness to sort of drive forward was really impressive. I think um, I was really impressed with her general awareness so I think previously when Mark Warburton was in charge at Rangers, he referred to sort of 
pitch geography, being in certain areas of the pitch at the right time. I was really impressed with, with, with how she, she dealt with that. I, 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 I just felt she was excellent um, at the weekend past there. And I think to if we continue to keep her in a fit and in the, the current vein of form she's in, she's going to be a really important player for the next sort of two to three months without a doubt. She definitely will. And, and as you said, it's the ability to pick up the right spaces. You know, there's no point in being in a space that's a nonsense, that's no good to anybody. It's about being in the right space at the right time. And I do think she's got a natural ability for that. And it's not just going forward, you know, even defensively, she does her bit going back the way too. So, and I think that can't be over overlooked either because, yeah, she might have a free, free reign as such going forward, but then it's about, she, she knows exactly what her defensive duties are falls back in and make sure you know she's covering that as well so i think that's an aspect and i think a lot of folk particularly younger players of the team will look up to her you know given the fact that she takes the game by the horns and and drives yeah. drives at folk and goes for it you know and, and makes things happen so i think yeah phenomenal player um and if they can keep a hold there next season as well you know you're on to a winner a couple of other things i just want to pick up from from the um, the weekend, first opportunity I've had to see Libby Bands, and um, I thought was really good in, in the centre of the pitch. Very, very strong, very comfortable with the ball at her feet. A um, couple of people I want to refer to first, I know, I know you know these um, girls well. Um, Rachel and Nick Dock are obviously playing um, a bit more of a, a narrower game than maybe what we've seen them play previously under Malky Thompson. Indeed, when you were there, they were probably traditionally known as your standard sort of fullbacks that can bomb forward as they like. They're now having to play things a little bit more narrower. Um, and it's working for them. They look like they played their lap in that fashion and for Rangers as that sort of right centre-half and Nick Dock is the left side centre-half. They look like they've done it for a long time. They do, but they're, they're very capable players, very talented players, so I'm not surprised at that either. But I do, as I said at the start of the, of the show here, that I do think that they did take a while to settle into their defensive duties. Um, Rangers, for me, weren't overly convincing at the start of the season defensively, and, and that was just about folk getting used to their, their roles. I think now, you know, everybody's got their role down, everybody knows what's expected. When you're looking at them, it, it's you're struggling to see where they're going to lose a goal, I think. Um, both Rachel McLaughlin and Nicola Doherty, yes, sitting in tighter, closer to the, the central centre half, but you're still seeing Rachel McLaughlin in particular going forward, which... Yeah. You can't allow, I think, that side of your game to disappear because she's so good at it. So good at driving it folk down the wing, but sometimes it's inside as well. Actually, on Sunday against Montreux, she hurt the bar. Aye. You know, because she picks the ball up and she's not scared to shoot. So I think it's about balancing that where you're not losing that side of our game as well, but she's still capable of doing her defensive duties. But that's where you're looking for the likes of Kirsten McLean, Chelsea Cornett, whoever, you know, whoever might be playing that role to cover for her if she is going forward. You maybe don't see it as much in the side of Nick Doc, but you know it's not to say she's she's not capable of doing that. It's it's obviously maybe just the way the game works out, but yeah. so, uh, certainly they're doing well. Rachel was superb at the weekend. I thought she was really really good. As you say that, um, she does have that ability to just drive forward, with, very similar to Rachel Rowe, I have to say. But obviously she's she's doing it from from deeper, if you like, um, and that effort that that sort of smacked the barn too was it was an absolute cracker and would have been a great goal. But she's got that in a locker and it's not something that um, we're entirely surprised to see. Um, it was a good afternoon. Um, Rangers, of course, unbeaten in all con competitions. Joe Potter saying um, post-match how pleased she was, Claire, with the 
the ruthlessness that she's seen from from the girls now. That just that ability. We know that there's a there's a goal difference. Um, sort of delta between ourselves and Celtic, and it could become a thing. Um, come May next year, Joe, I think really quick to point out that for as long as the girls are getting in the position and scoring, which gets you the three points, um, she'll be quite happy. But she is admiring the fact that they just want to keep scoring goals, which is important. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and, and, as, and the thing is, is it can matter, goal difference in this league. And obviously, prior to Rangers' game on Sunday against Montrose, Celtic have went out and beat Aberdeen 13 now. So yeah. I'm sure that would have been in their mind when they've gone out to play against Montrose. Not necessarily that they felt under pressure to score the same amount, but the fact that they need to take the opportunities when they get them, and it's not, and it's about not taking your foot off the gas, but it's also about your own performance. You know, you don't just because you're maybe up three, four nil at half time. It, it's about having respect for your own performance and still going out there to play the same way, and you don't take your foot off the gas. So, I think first and foremost for Joe Potter, three points is going to be the most important. But make no mistake about it, she's going to be wanting goals. Whether she comes out and says that or not, but she is absolutely going to want goals because it could come down to it. It has done before, so you don't want to, to leave anything to chance. Absolutely. Listen, one of the things we have seen in the last sort of 46 weeks is the return of girls that have been out with reasonably long-term injuries and they've been used really, really um, sort of lightly, I would say, so far. But really good to see Megan Bell back involved, Lizzie Arnott back involved, a good goal at the weekend. Um, Chelsea's back after having a, a, a slight injury as well, and Brogan Hay um, are all back um, and involved in the sort of match day eighteen, if you like. Um, so we've went almost from having a bench clear that there was a lot of youngsters in there, some of which have went out to get um, some some um, some loan time, which I think is really good. But all of a sudden, there seems to be a squad developing that looks. As strong as Joe Potter could really wish for, I think, at this stage of the season. Definitely. I mean, just the four players that you've mentioned there, you know, they'd probably start in most teams in this league and they're sitting on the bench. I'm not suggesting they can't start for Rangers. I'm just saying that the depth of the bench is is unbelievable. And actually, when you do think back to earlier in the season, you know, it's a credit to the younger girls on the bench and the job that they've had to then step up and do, given the fact that a lot of experience has been out through injury and stuff, and they still managed to win these games. So it is a massive achievement, really, for the youngsters in the squad, but having them back is just going to be such a massive boost. The, the depth in squad is, is unbelievable, and, you know, probably sitting with probably the best depth in squad, yeah. arguably, you know, yeah. in the league. But it's what you then do with that, isn't it? And... And I'm not surprised, you know, she's maybe managing the game time of the likes of Lizzie and Megan, you know, yeah. Brogan Hay, when, when they've been out for, for a number of weeks, you don't want to then give them too much too soon and then you end up, you're knocking them back another three weeks. So it's probably just a wee bit of caution, the, the fact she's she's mindful, she doesn't want to lose them. And then, you know, you're going to be coming up in a few weeks' time to a break for a few weeks, so that'll give them more time to recover and get back to better fitness. But 
the squad, the depth of squad, yeah, is, is absolutely unbelievable. And it's like, she must look at her bench and think, right, who, who am I going to bring on here? <laughs> <laughs> I could pick, you know, there's so many of you. That's probably a good thing. There's five subs available, isn't it? But no, yeah. And, you know, and even Sarah Ewens as well, who has been around the women's game for a long time. Um, I mean, arguably, and I mean this in the nicest way, you know, she's probably not hit the ground running yet. Yeah. It's, it's just taking her time, but at the same time, you need to look from the point of view, I suppose she's not really had a run in the team just yeah. through different reasons. So I think, you know, she, she's another one that is a proven goal scorer in this league. So, yeah, frightening bench. Do you know, we spoke to Joe Potter. Um, I, I interviewed Joe Potter at the start of the season and um, one of the things she did refer to was the how excited she was about the, the sort of youth that was that was there just now. Um, and it's no coincidence, even we're having these girls sort of back from injury, Arnett, Bell, Kay, um, well, there's obviously going to be a, a willingness to sort of just bed them back into the, the sort of starting the living. Um, but girls like McLean and Macaulay are still getting used with a good degree of, of regularity, particularly me and Macaulay. Um, who I think is a cracking season so far for, for someone so young. Um, but the fact that Joe Potter's continuing to, re to, to rely on these girls, even with Lizzie Arnott at a stage of fitness, Megan Bell at a stage of fitness, etc., I think it says a lot about her belief and her faith in, in, in the youngsters that, that are, are in and around that sort of setup just now. Um, one thing that I'll probably just run by you, Claire, before we go, um, Joe's here for five, six months now, um, must be, I would imagine, really, really pleased with the way things are going just now. She'll certainly be pleased the fact that they're unbeaten. Um, she'll be pleased that they're sitting top of the league. I think she became, can be really quite happy with her work so far in Glasgow. I think so. I mean, I think to come up to a new league, get a new bunch of players you probably don't know that much about, introduce a new system, and the fact that you went unbeaten up until this point, I don't think you can really ask for more. You know, if she's been picking, maybe she'd say, you know, I wish the, the draw against Glasgow City was a win. But at the end of the day, you know, she's not been beaten. So absolutely, you know, she must be so delighted in the fact that she's done that with major players in her squad being out through times in the season. She's still brought in the youth. If you'd mentioned Mia McCauley, who has had a brilliant season and I'm not surprised she's still continuing to get uh, opportunities, as she should do. Um, but the thing is, is she's moulded this team into something. I think that it's been the best I've seen them in a number of years. In terms of defensively, but going through all the stages of the team, you know, scoring at the other end and they do look solid. So, and they're playing out from the back as well. It's not as if you know, they are comfortable at playing under pressure as well at the back back of the pitch, which at times, seasons going by, you know, you're maybe thinking, oh, geez, man, don't don't pass that ball there, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I just think you can see the confidence throughout the entire squad. And I think that's not, obviously the players have got a degree in that, but I think that's Joe Potter and their coaching staff have brought a lot of that and the belief to the team. And I think you can absolutely see it when they step across that white line on Sunday. Yeah, no, listen, I think you're absolutely right. It's great to see. Um, I said at the start of the season, I, I, I felt it was a really good chance that when we did get the opportunity to interview Joe again um, at the end of the season, that there would be something sort of shiny in front of us in a desk. And I, I believe it now more than ever. I, I, I think after watching our team and our setup and her passion at, at the sidelines, 
um, for the last five to six months. I think there's a really good chance that that's definitely going to be a thing come the end of the season. Claire, listen, it's always good to see you. Thanks for coming on. Um, we will do this again at the end of, well, it won't be the end of December, I think, because we'll all be having some drinks at that point. Probably. <laughs> um, but we will be back at some point in January. Um, if you are following the podcast across the networks, I urge you to continue to do so. Of course, our a main YouTube channel continues to put out bits and pieces on a weekly basis. We're available across all the audio channels and wherever you get your podcast. please follow us um, and like what we do. If there's anything you want us to do, let us know about it and we'll see if we can. Um, Claire, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was great. Thanks very much, Scott. Yes, absolutely. We, um, we will be back in January. Um, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Podcast Network.